Okay, let's get into our wellness corner now. 22 minutes past four. We're discussing overcoming trauma part two. Uh, we started this topic last week and uh, the identified uh, thing was that uh, trauma can be experienced and how people can navigate triggers will also be different. So today we'll look at how trauma may spill over into relationships and how we can build the toolkit to respond to trauma, whether it's building boundaries or developing the language to respond to triggers. So as a person, you may feel or you may have had one or many very upsetting, frightening or traumatic things happen to you in your life or that threatened or hurt something that you love, even your community. And when these kinds of things happen, you may not get over them quickly. In fact, you may feel the effects of these traumas for many years, even for the rest of your life. Sometimes you don't even notice that you are feeling effects uh, right after the trauma happens. And years later, you may begin having thoughts, nightmares and other disturbing symptoms. So let's unpack then how trauma trickles into our relationships. And uh, Paula Quincy joins us now, our life coach, relationship expert. Good morning, Paula. How are you this morning? Hi, Sandra. I'm well, thanks. And you? I'm good. Thank you so much for joining us uh, again. So we, we, we talked about, I mean, overcoming trauma as an individual, but today we want to talk about how trauma can affect our relationships. Is it always going to be necessary then to inform our partner when we have discovered that we are dealing with some sort of trauma or we need to deal with it individually and then tell them later? No, it's definitely important to share this with your partner because our partners provide a support structure for us. And if our partners don't know what's going on with us, they don't know how to be there for us and they don't know how to support us. And uh, that can end up causing conflict in a relationship, which just can add additional stress to the trauma that we're experiencing. So there's no, I mean, when we sort of think of how we can feel because of an event that caused us trauma, there isn't really a right or wrong way to feel. So when you're also struggling with your feelings as the individual experiencing the trauma, how do you uh, explain that to your partner in a way that they'll understand when you yourself maybe don't even understand it because you're not sure how to feel? Absolutely. And that, that's where it's important to to sit down with each other and you say, you know, this, this is what's going on inside of me. Um, I'm, I've noticed that I'm feeling irritable or snappy or frustrated or angry or I'm sad. I'm, I'm feeling upset. Um, I don't want to engage with other people and socialize. To help the person and your partner know what's going on for you, there are no right and wrong ways because everybody processes trauma differently and everybody responds to trauma differently. But when you shut your partner out, that can cause conflict and ultimately it can end up pushing your partner away from you, which is not really what you want when you're going through a traumatic experience. You, you need support around you and your partner plays a key role there. Let's talk about the repetition now in terms of, you know, you, th- you think you've dealt with something, but then it keeps coming up. So you've had the communication with your partner and you thought you've dealt with it. But this particular maybe behavior associated with a trauma keeps repeating itself. Would you say we need to avoid that or what, what, how do we deal with that? No, definitely not avoiding it because the more you avoid it, the more it's going to be there for the long term. Um, and it depends on the the severity of the trauma that we've experienced. Um, you know, it can play out in many different ways. So from physical physical illnesses to to um, illnesses from a from a mental perspective, like depression, we can start having suicidal thoughts, etc. So 
if you're noticing that you're feeling uh, constantly feeling um, a different variety of feelings, this is where you may need to reach out for professional help to help you process what you're going through, but also to help you develop some coping skills and coping tools that will in those situations arise, it could be an anxiety or panic attacks, that you are equipped on dealing with it yourself, but then also your partner knows how to be there for you too. So let's say one of the partners then in the dynamic or in the, in the relationship is a survivor of a dangerous uh, event or an abusive event. What kind of expectations will this particular person have going into a relationship? <laughs> I think that's the key word here, expectations. You know, everybody comes with baggage. Um, nobody, there's no such thing as the perfect person or perfect relationship. So first of all, it's it's having real, realistic expectations of each other and your partner and the relationship. And knowing that some days you are going to be the leader in your relationship, you're going to be holding the space for your partner and other days it's going to be the other way around. But also, you know, being kind and gentle to yourself in the process. If you've experienced something traumatic, um, it can come back and you can have flashbacks and you can um, experience um, what they call post-traumatic stress disorder on an ongoing basis. Um, It depends, you know, it, it takes time to deal with trauma and heal from from events like this and in terms of somebody who has felt helpless you know in, in their previous situations and and they trauma left them feeling like they've lost control of a, a particular part in their life how will they manifest this in their relationships what kind of behaviors will they possess there could be various ways that this could play out they could it could play out in controlling behaviors narcissism behaviors, abusive behaviors. It could play out where the person is very submissive and, um, you know, relies on their partner or becomes codependent on their partner to function. Let's talk shame and, and trauma survivors. How, how do trauma survivors deal or handle issues around shame and how does that in, in turn uh, affect relationships? Shame is very common when it comes to traumatic incidences. And it really is the the, the underlying issue is feeling embarrassed Mm. or conscious and aware that you know what's happened from a traumatic experience and that now you have the sense or the perception that everybody else is judging you as a result of this. And so with shame, closely following that is guilt as well. And really what it is is, understanding and accepting and acknowledging that that this is what happened to you but it doesn't define who you are it doesn't mean that this is this is who you are and what you've become your past doesn't define who you are you do and it's really about those coping tools and those coping mechanisms and turning the negative into a positive that you can take those insights away with you to prevent incidences like that happening again in the future Abandonment as a kind of a trauma, how does that affect relationships? Yes, abandonment definitely also plays out with trauma. Um, abandonment can also result or play out in, um, you know, feeling rejected, not feeling wanted, not feeling worthy or deserving of love. And how that plays out in relationships is that you are not able to have a healthy connection, a healthy emotional emotional connection with 
your partner. And so you can end up self-sabotaging yourself in your relationship by pushing your partner away from you, um, constantly questioning your partner, doubting your partner, um, jealousy, insecurity, all of those can pl play out when it comes to shame, guilt and embarrassment. When we, look at, yeah, when we look at, at physical intimacy and maybe, uh, I don't know whether that could be the two people don't align in terms of the physical in intimacy or one of them has completely shut down in this uh, area of the relationship. What could that be as a result of? Physical intimacy, a lot of it, so there's two two areas here. One is to do with your upbringing mm. and how you were raised in terms of your own body and um, what um, sexual education and awareness you've had in terms of your, your family life and your upbringing. And if you've been exposed to a traumatic incident such as child abuse, molestation or rape, um, or if you have... Um, experience those kind of traumas from a sexual physical intimacy point of view you'll be it'll be difficult and challenging for you to have a healthy physical relationship with your partner you um, can potentially um, shut down and withdraw and want to avoid physical touch and intimacy with your partner and it may be very difficult for you when it comes to having sex with your partner because it is so traumatically um, ingrained within you uh, what about establishing a routine now? If we're saying now we as a couple are deciding uh, this, we're putting certain measures in place, uh, would you uh, uh, advise that we come up with a routine as a couple and certain practices that maybe we can do uh, just to, to help us navigate through our traumatic experience uh, over and above you know, the communication part of it? Routine and structure definitely helps. It helps a person um, feel more secure within themselves, but also feel like they have control over their life and their environment, as opposed to um, situations running away with them and, you know, experiencing things like anxiety attacks or panic attacks or withdrawing from um, society in general, as well as their partner and their relationship. So definitely putting um, routines in place, self-care routines in place, um, learning and developing healthy coping mechanisms as opposed to negative coping mechanisms. So negative coping mechanisms would be things like substance abuse, so alcohol, pain medication, sleeping tablets, etc. Healthy self-care um, routines would be things like, for example, exercise, um, meditation, breathing exercises, um, talking out about what's going on with you, journaling, listening to music, being outside in nature. You know, different things work for different people. So it's important to understand what works best for you and then how do you implement those strategies to help yourself cope on those days or those times when you're experiencing um, the after effects. Okay, what else can be said then and just in closing? Yeah, I think, you know, trauma, we all experience trauma differently and trauma can be so many things, you know, especially now, for example, with COVID, a lot of people are experiencing various forms of trauma in terms of loss. So, for example, loss of a loved one that's that's died from COVID or loss of other things, loss of jobs, for example. So, you know, it's okay to not be okay. Mm. Um, it's okay to put your hand up and ask for help. It doesn't make you weak. It doesn't make you um, a person that is not able to cope. Everybody at some point in their life needs help and needs to reach out and needs support. So don't be a, don't 
be ashamed, don't be embarrassed to to reach out to either a professional or somebody, a trusted source that you have that can help you cope and deal and process what you're going through. Thank you so much uh, for joining us, Paula. Please share your social media handles. Um, you can find me on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. It's Paula Quincy and my website, paulaquincy.com. Thanks again for joining us. Uh, we appreciate it. Happy Thursday to you. Thank you and happy Thursday to all the listeners too. Awesome. Paula Quincy, our relationship expert, joining us uh, discussing uh, trauma Basically, overcoming trauma, it's part two of our chat, which began last week. And today we were focusing on that in relation to relationships.